Hey there, Disky Chicks fans. Before we get started with today's podcast, I wanted to tell you about a special opportunity for you to become the DISC expert in your organization. Would you like to deliver DISC debriefs with ease, facilitate coaching sessions and teaming sessions with confidence, and elevate your stature as the go-to person for all things DISC? Join us for our live advanced DISC certification training coming up in early January 2022. This is a live small group class delivered in four two-hour sessions during the first two weeks of January. Please go to DiskyChicks.com for more information. And don't wait because the December 17th registration deadline is coming up quickly. Oh, and one more thing, since you're a Disky Chicks podcast listener, enter the promotion code DCP123 to get $150 off the registration fee as a thank you from us to you. Now on with the show. Welcome to the Disky Chicks podcast. For business leaders, HR directors, coaches, and those interested in learning how to use the DISC assessment to grow self-awareness, improve communications, and develop leaders and teams. Please welcome your hosts, business coaches Martha Fourlines and Cindy Jacoby. They are loud and proud about all things DISC. Hi, I'm Cindy Jacoby, Chief Engagement Officer for Biz Help Consulting. I work with companies and teams to improve their effectiveness by improving their hiring and their communication skills. I use DISC to help teams better understand each other and how to work better together and how to choose the right candidate for the job. I also offer certification classes so anyone can comfortably deliver and debrief the DISC assessment to their employees or clients. And by the way, in DISC language, I'm a high influencer and low compliant, meaning I like to talk and influence And I'm not great with rules or details. Martha, how about you? Hey, I'm Martha Forlund, CEO of Belief System Institute. And I'm very much like Cindy. I'm also a high influencer with a very, very low C or compliant. Not good with details and not good with following a lot of rules. I also have a high dominant, which we'll be talking more about in the show. I work with courageous entrepreneurs as a consultant and coach to improve leadership skills that then improve business performance. I've had a fascination with human behavior since I was a kid, and I was blessed with 28 years in the corporate world where I was an HR and communications executive. Trust me, being in the people business that long, I've seen and heard it all. And then I started my own business in 2007, focusing on my passion, helping entrepreneurs to be all they want to be to grow their businesses. Together, Cindy and I are the Disky Chicks. We are here to inform, support, and have some fun with you as we talk about the DISC Behaviors Assessment. Some of you may know about the DISC Assessment. DISC measures behaviors or communication style, things we can see when we observe a person closely. What do the letters stand for? D stands for dominance, 
someone who moves quickly, they're direct to their communication and they're all business. And I is an influencer, someone who also moves quickly, but is more people focused, outgoing and often humorous. S stands for steadiness. They're slower paced introvert who are people focused, reliable, and yes, steady. And the C stands for compliant. The C's move at a slower pace and they are our data-driven perfectionists who love to know and follow the rules. DISC is the simplest tool to understand, but goes very deep and very wide. And that's why we have lots to talk about. Welcome to our podcast. Human behavior is subject to the same laws as any other natural phenomenon. If the environment is unaltered, similar behavior will reoccur. Thanks, Cindy. That's a great quote in keeping with our theme for the month, which is those behavior patterns that create Mimi conflicts for those people that have them. Today, we have a guest. I'm so excited to have a guest that has one of the behavior patterns that we have been talking about this month. And by the way, this is episode 22 of the Disky Chicks podcast. And I want to welcome Adrian Johnston. Adrian is coming to us live from Seattle, Washington. And we're so glad to have her. She's a client of mine. And I thought of her when Cindy and I were going through the combination of the influencer and the compliant a couple of weeks ago. And we really need somebody that Bears that burden every day, right? A real life human being that is an IC or CI. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But Adrian, welcome. We're so happy to have you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. And Adrian is a presentation designer. And that is a different job from when we first started working together about 10 years ago, isn't it, Adrian? A whole new sure life. Sure is and business for herself, but I'd love for you to share with us a little about your journey into being a presentation designer. Absolutely. So, you know, before I decided to go freelance, I was working um, in operations and marketing, typically leading teams and small to medium-sized businesses. And, you know, over the course of, uh, probably since we started working together, right, really starting to get clarity on who I am, what I love to do, where I thrive, right. um, and kind of breaking down some of those limiting beliefs about what was possible. I started to realize I was really struggling in a corporate environment with um, wanting to do things and wanting to influence things and feeling like um, there were so many moving parts and it was hard to do the things that I felt were the right things to do. And so I left my corporate job in order to just see what was out there. And I knew I wasn't in the right place to figure out what that was. And I started freelancing um, in design just as a way to make some income while I was, you know, lackadaisically searching. And then realized that, you know, it could really be a business for me and it could check off a lot of boxes that it would provide the type of income that I wanted to make, that it would give me flexibility to be at home. It would give me control over which clients and projects I worked with, but it was certainly a departure and, you know, design. And I would still to this day tell you, I'm not a creative person, which 
how is that possible? <laughs> but I was a chemistry major, right? And I'm highly analytical. And so for me, design is, it was just a hobby. It was something I did, you know, nights and weekends for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and over time developed some really strong skills in that, you know, are easily leveraged by small to medium sized organization. Right. And so I just started doing it because it was skills I had and it was a way to earn money while I was figuring things out. Um, Adrian, what really kind of design, excited. what kind of design, excuse me, are you doing? Is it like graphic design or when you say design? So um, I'm a presentation designer specifically. So it's a niche of graphic design. Um, and so it's really focused on layouts, but in PowerPoint is really the area I focus on because it's so predominant in the business space uh, over Keynote or even Google Slides is starting to get some traction now. Um, but it's really all about how do we kind of take these like death by PowerPoint slides. We're so used to seeing with the bullets and the stolen graphic that's watermarked (laughs) from Google search (laughs) and really start to visualize stories and tell them in clear, compelling ways that keeps people engaged and adds to the story instead of detracting from it or in a way that, you know, people then there's so much text on the slide, they start to just read the slide instead of using it as kind of their visual note card, which is really the point of PowerPoint. Okay. Right. Cindy shared a slide with me last week. Adrian, you would have died. There were 12 <laughs> bullets on this slide, a training program she was in. And I went, oh my God, put me right to sleep. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was awful. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so and hard. Adrian, and that's where PowerPoint really gets that stigma, you know, yeah. because it's non-designers using it. <laughs> Which is great from an operational standpoint and quick edits and things on the fly. But yeah, it's a challenge because yeah. people do whatever they want with it. <laughs> and I did a, a speech probably now it's two years ago, I think, wasn't it, Adrian? And I gave her what I had, which was pathetic. And she created the most beautiful PowerPoint for me to use to engage these people that had to listen to me talk for 55 minutes, but it, it just is, uh, makes such a powerful difference, whether you're using it for a speech or training or to sell somebody, right? Cause you do a lot of sales type presentations as well. Where do you think your disc profile fits in with your love of design? Well, even though you're not a designer, but with what you're, with what you do. You know, it's very creative. It's very, um, design in and of itself though, is also problem solving, which really works well with that C. But then, you know, that kind of high level concept, how do I take the 12 bullet points somebody gives me and then synthesize it in a way and visualize it, I think is more that kind of creative eye side and being able to pull those two things together. I just did um, a training for some other presentation designers where I was talking through like how I approach a slide design. Yeah which most designers aren't (laughs) approaching it methodically, right? Like there, oh, there's a process that I go through because we got to do this. Well, we have to do it, you know, repeatably. (laughs) And so she's like, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. No one's ever talked about, you know, design layouts like this before. Um, And I think it's just, you know, being able to leverage that and create that scale in my business with that process orientation as part of why I've been so successful just as a freelance designer without having to hire a team. Right, right. And Adrian, you're very fluent in this because you were pretty fascinated with it when we went through it, when we were um, in that coaching relationship. But Adrian's eye is very high 
but so is her compliance. It's not as high as her influencer. Talk to us a little bit about what happens on a regular basis for you when you are feeling that Mimi conflict going on and what do you do about it? Absolutely. Um, I think that there are a few different ways that that really shows up on a regular basis in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one is a pace issue that I, I am very driven to move quickly, to get results, to do it quickly. You know, like my husband's always like, where are you in such a hurry to go? You have nothing else to do today. And I'm like, I gotta go. There's something else to do. Like, but I'm just <laughs> always in a hurry, but that's very much at conflict with the need to be precise, to be process driven. Right. Now I will say that process driven actually does help me move faster, which I think is probably part of why I can allow that piece in, in many ways. It's very challenging for me when things aren't perfect. Right. And so by nature, you can't move quickly and have it perfect. And so it's a constant battle of, you know, let me get 90% of the way there and not fret about the tiny details, but I can't help when a client says, Ooh, this, you know, is two pixels off. Oh, I should (laughs) have caught that, you know? And you're like, but I also got it to you super fast, right? Like it could have taken a week to do and it didn't. So it's just that trade-off and me trying to get comfortable with it. But I'll tell you, I mean, it's something every time something like that happens, I, I find myself, you know, stressed out about it. I bet. I'll say, so, you know, another part of that is that comes up a lot is in communication. So I'm a fast talker. I love talking to people because I have all those details floating around in my head. They just all want to come out, you know? And so sometimes I will literally start talking to you as if you were in my head with me, as if we were in the middle of the same discussion already. Um, and I, you know, as over time, I've gotten better at really kind of like stopping that and realizing I'm doing it and saying, okay, hold on, let's take a step back 50,000 foot view here and then dig in. But that's a real challenge because it's just like, I've got to get it out because of that pace thing. But there's also all this detail and I'm trying to simplify it for you because I know you don't really care about all the detail. You're just like I'm doing right now. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's important. It's important for people to really hear it from someone that, that deals with that on a day in and day out basis. It's, it's real. And one Um, of the things that like, I have to do, like you even noticed, uh, you know, as we're scheduling this, I, okay, what is the outline, right? Like I need to have time to kind of organize my thoughts. Right. Questions are you going to ask me? (laughs) Right. It helps enable that confidence and keeps it from feeling chaotic for me in the moment. Right. Not because, you know, I, I used to have like a fear of public speaking and things like that. And I, I started to realize it was about lack of preparation and going in. And then that eye is kind of really pulling <laughs> me in all kinds of directions just to talk and, you know, be fast paced. And so I think that's, you know, really been a super helpful thing for me is to say, okay, like I need this structure. And so um, even in the absence of it, I'll say, okay, here are things that I think might be important. And let me kind of bullet these out so that I have them available. And usually just organizing my thoughts like that right. is yeah. super helpful and just getting it out of my brain and into a list. Not, but even just like making simple lists of, so if it's only five things, but they're rattling around in my brain, it creates stress. Yeah. And this pace of, I have to get them done. And when I just put them in a list, I say, okay, I'm just going to take these off one at a time. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great summary for people to understand that you, you want to talk a lot and you have a lot of information in your head and you've caught yourself with information overload and, and that and answering way more than the original question. But if you know that you're going to speak on something to go ahead and list the important points to frame that verbiage 
so you you stay between the lines and you and you follow those guidelines it makes a lot of sense yeah well since you are so self-aware of the yin and the yang of your I and your C. I mean, you are, I mean, you wouldn't be able to articulate it that well if you're not self-aware. It's just, we all get hijacked when we get stressed and that's when all that goes out the window, right? For, especially for high eyes. But how are you using DISC and your self-awareness of your own profile in your business Yeah, and I think um, communication is a a huge area where, you know, for for context. So as a freelancer, I'm not on site. Most of my clients are either, you know, national or international. I rarely see them in person. Certainly we now we have Zoom meetings and things of that nature. But most of the time we're just communicating over email, um, which is certainly more preferable for me. Mm-hmm. which is surprising. <laughs> right. so phone calls are inefficient. And so there's a, a lot of driving factors there, but I'm also able to, you know, kind of slow down. And when communicating by email, really say what I want to say and organize my thoughts the right way, where I feel like um, sometimes that could be overwhelming to a client if they're not familiar with, right. with design or, you know, what I'm talking about. And so um, a lot of times it's, it's really all about email and communication. And I think that understanding who someone is, right? I have clients who are super high C's. They're going to notice if something's two pixels off. One, you know, managing the project to each person's preferences and really kind of saying, okay, I need to spend five minutes doing, you know, the quick details check for this project versus another where it's not going to be an issue. But even just in communication with, communicating, excuse me, with them, you know, over email, like, my high C's it's, there's no beating around the bush. Hope you have a great weekend. Like they don't want all that. They don't need all that. And so it's just like, let me engage with them on the level that's comfortable for them versus I have clients who are, you know, it's also like, there's a whole paragraph about what did you do this weekend? Um, And that's fun for me. And I can flex both ways. I don't see one as really preferential over the other. Um, I enjoy that people interaction when I get it. Um, But I also don't necessarily need it. (laughs) Part of the control that came for me and being freelance was really about not just which projects, but which people do I want to work with. I can put myself in a position where, I mean, most of my client relationships are easy because they're a natural fit. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't feel like I have to stretch too far outside, right? As a small business, I can be that selective about who I work with. Do you (laughs) consider yourself an extrovert or an introvert? Because I'm an introvert. Teach this. You know, we say that the D's and the I's are more extrovert and the S's and C's are introverts. My introversion is part of what really drove that C early on when I was younger, Mm -hmm. um, because I just didn't have those interactions. And it was when I started working at Starbucks in college where, you know, I left a small lab environment and was just interacting with people I didn't know and realized that I enjoy it. That being said, though, I don't pursue that. So like my friend group is small (laughs) and they're the kind of friends that you cannot talk to them for six months and nobody's upset. Right. (laughs) It's, it's, yeah. So it's, I don't need it and I don't pursue it. Um, which I think is interesting because people immediately meet me and they're like, no, you're an extrovert. And I'm like, no, I'm an outgoing introvert. I mean, but you don't, you don't dread talking to other people. You don't get exhausted from talking to other people, but if you had your preference, you'd, you're happy being, on your own, yep. and doing your thing and being absolutely. <laughs> so, so Adrian, what we call you is an introvert with extroverted tendencies. Okay. 
Yeah, that, that's uh, something that I heard a president of a business say to me who is a DC and is clearly an introvert, but he claims to have those extroverted tendencies because of his D, but he really didn't behave like that. <laughs> so interesting. So you were a chemistry major in college, which is just very fascinating to me, knowing you as I know you. And what, what kind of drove that at that point in your life? I mean, I was young and I now wholeheartedly believe people should take a year off after high school and just figure out who they are as independent people. Um, I would say, you know, it was largely driven by the fact at the time I thought I wanted to be a pediatrician. Uh Huge irony in that considering one child, I think it's too many. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, I got into, into, I knew I wanted to study a lab science because it would be, I knew I wanted to study a lab science because it was really um, process oriented and it was going to help with that kind of goal to being a doctor and filling some of those pre-med requirements. I think that there was also, you know, um, I'm a kinesthetic learner. Mm -hmm. And so I think that not knowing that at the time was part of that driver as well. And I can remember saying with biology, I'm just having to study and memorize things, but with chemistry, I can understand why things happen. Right. And so, you know, that was always kind of there. And so a lot of my, I mean, a lot of my college time was spent in the lab and doing lab reports and like actually getting to do things in a way that a lot of other college programs, you don't get that opportunity to actually do. Right. Right. We talk about doctors a lot. And and I think that, you know, you want your surgeon to be, you know, maybe a, a, a definitely a high C, probably any of your doctors to be a high C. But when you come to a pediatrician, you expect there to be some eye, something, you know, someone who can talk to the patient and, and, you know, be happy about, I don't care if my surgeon has a bedside manner or not, you know, but I do want my kid's doctor or my, you know, my family physician to be able to have some of those people orientations that you would get from an I or a, or an S. So I do like that you you know, that was kind of a thought in your head is, is I wanted to you know, be, be a pediatrician. Again, you have to have those skills that people focus versus just being task focused the whole time, even if yeah, it didn't work out that way, but it, it would yeah. make sense to me. And Adrian, um, talking about you being an entrepreneur, I remember when you were in one of your gap times um, with your job, you were exploring an online group coaching and and I said you know well you're creative and and she was wanting to really get make coaching affordable for everybody and uh and you know I applauded the effort but then you jumped back into another job and did show but I think at that point in time it was probably just you were in that zone of not having the confidence to take the risk absolutely and I think that um yeah, there was a lot of risk there. One of my highest values is financial stability. Mm-hmm. And so it was, we were kind of at that point where it was, Hey, as I, you know, go into the next thing, am I really willing to not have income for some period of time or low income? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were just at a point where we really weren't ready for that. And yeah. even, you know, that was even as I, so I go back to the corporate world, two more jobs 
Right. And I'm like, I'm still not happy. Like it's something is not quite right and aligned. And I said, okay, but while I figure it out, I've got to do something to make more money. And that was kind of really how I stumbled into this. Cause it was not, I wish I could say it was like a grand plan of I'm going to quit and be a designer and <laughs> things are all going to work out. I had no idea. I'd really kind of figured it out as I went along. Yeah. Um, but I don't regret it for a second. And I think, you know, and you and I've talked about this before that even kind of that early on, I was trying to find a way to have that flexibility and affiliation right. and exercising that creativity in a way that was, I could be independent, but I, yeah, I don't think I had the confidence mm-hmm. um, in myself and what I was capable of. And I, I probably truthfully then didn't even have the skills to execute on it and the things that I learned from those next two jobs. Right. Right. But look at all the entrepreneurs that had happy accidents like Sarah Blakely. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I mean, you you were so uber creative and I'm just so happy for you that you landed in a space that you're just flourishing and able to use that influencer and able to use that compliant so that they create these, you know, you create with them, um, you know, these beautiful products for your clients. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. Well, Adrian, thank you again for joining us today and for sharing your wisdom about DISC and this Mimi conflict that you deal with day in and day out. And I'm just so proud of you with what you've done in your design business. You've found your niche and are just killing it. So Congratulations to that. It's definitely fascinating. It was great having you on and hearing where that I presents itself and then where that C presents itself. And, you know, we, we always talk about if you can harness both of those things, then you can rule the world because you can switch back and forth or you can let it get to you and it can be really frustrating, I'm sure. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And that's where I was talking about the self-awareness that I think you present is as long as you are self-aware, then, you know, use that C when you need it and use that I when you need it. And especially with probably a diverse client base, you know, you see how you need to show up to be really compatible with them to build that relationship. So it's a, it's a gift. It is a gift for sure. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And I want to remind everybody to visit our website at diskychicks.com. You can take a free disc assessment if you're if you're ready and we'll send you some results. We'd love to talk to you about disc or send us your questions and we'll answer them on the air. All right. Y'all have a great week. Thanks to all of you continuous learners for listening in with Cindy and me today. We are passionate about the power of the disc behavior assessment and we love bringing it to you and your clients. We invite you to visit our website at diskychicks.com. There you will find a link to all of our podcasts, and you can listen to previous episodes and subscribe. Also on our website, you can try a DISC assessment for yourself. Just click the link, take the short assessment, and we'll quickly send you the results. Also, check us out as well on Facebook and Instagram. We can't wait to hear from you. See you next week on the Disky Chicks podcast. Thank you for listening to the Disky Chicks podcast. 
never miss an episode by subscribing today. To learn more or start a conversation with Cindy and Martha, visit the Disky Chicks Podcast Facebook page.